This episode of the 501st cast is dedicated to Chris Richards, SL 1078 from Garrison Carita. He passed away July 19th and is survived by his wife, Abby, TK 9702, and their three young daughters. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion. Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast. You're listening to episode 66 of the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion. And this episode is for Sunday, August 21st. And I'm your host, Nikki, DZ8397. And this is Andy, ID8169. The 501st Legion is currently at 5,418 members with 8,705 proved costumes in the Legion. So this episode will have swimming troopers, ex-savage garden member dressing up like a trooper, ways to help Princess Leia, and bowling against the Trekkies. All coming up next. Stay tuned. Recent news. Last episode, we reported on how Jacob, TK6283 from Terra Australis Garrison, was embarking on Trooper Trek, a 5,000-kilometer walking journey from Perth, Western Australia, to Sydney, New South Wales, to raise awareness and funds for the Starlight Foundation. Well, Jacob is well on his way now and has covered at least 420 kilometers as of this recording. Jacob is making big news with his charity walk in armor. We'll have linked to some of the articles we've found so far in our show notes. And so far, he has raised more than 16400 Australian dollars of his goal of $50,000. We'll have a link to his donation page in our show notes as well. We'll repost the links to his Facebook and his Twitter feed while we're at it, too. And you can keep tabs on Jacob's progress online, and I'm sure we'll talk about Trooper Trek again during the next 501st cast. Congratulations to 501st Legion members in Czech Republic for achieving garrison status. They originally formed September 19, 2008 as an outpost, but have now reached more than 25 members. They're actually at 28 plus four recruits. So, they've applied and have been approved to be upgraded to a garrison. Congratulations, Czech Garrison. The 501st Legion is not only a Star Wars bad guy costuming organization, and if you've ever seen members of the 501st Legion walking in charity walks, they likely were not there just for a stroll in their armor. Members of the Legion take part in all sorts of charity events around the world every week, from cancer and autism walks to blood drives to staffing telethon telephone lines, our members are bad guys doing good in their communities. As you probably know, the 501st Legion does not charge for appearances, but we do assist charitable groups in gaining funds and donations made in the name of the charity are always welcome. What better way to bring attention to your cause than to have a few stormtroopers led by Darth Vader making the rounds or running in a half marathon for charity? Well, to date, in 2011, the 501st Legion has assisted charities in raising over 3.4 million U.S. dollars. And 2011 still has five months left in the year. 
So that's right, we've already surpassed our 2010 record and still have plenty of charitable events left on the calendar. If you're involved in any aspect of the Star Wars costume community, you probably heard about Princess Leia. She's the infant daughter of Zev, TK6638, and Franny Eskanazi. Her disorder is still undiagnosed, and they're down to the point of experimentation to try and figure out what's going on. She is on a G tube for feeding, still has a trach tube to breathe, and is always connected to oxygen and all sorts of monitors. She has round-the-clock nursing care at home. She has had cataracts in both eyes that have been surgically removed and now has special classes. The medical bills are estimated at over $2 million at this point, and the insurance won't cover nearly all the costs. In order to accommodate Leah and her medical equipment, plus her nurse, they've had to move to a bigger apartment, and now they're looking to purchase a car as well. Franny has been able to go back to work now that Leah is home, but with cost of nurses and rentals of medical equipment, the costs are still escalating. Zev is staying at home with the baby. So we at the 501st cast wanted to make sure to keep Leah's story in people's minds and let people know that she and her family still need your thoughts and donations. The fundraising efforts continue with the coins, wristbands, patches, etc., and other stuff is being planned. Every dollar counts. And there is also a new portal site, www.layasangels.com. We'll have a link to that in our show notes, as well as a donation page link and other links related to Leia. Thanks to Leslie, TR3774, for that information. The 501st Legion welcomes three new Friends of the Legion following San Diego Comic-Con. They were each awarded special plaques, certificates, patches, and other goodies to celebrate their induction. A Friend of the Legion is someone who has gone above and beyond to support the 501st Legion in general and the Star Wars franchise as a whole. Star Wars artist Spencer Binkerhoff III was inducted in a ceremony at the 501st Legion Dinner at San Diego Comic-Con on July 21st. The following night, Rachel Kempster enthusiastically received her induction as a friend of the Legion at the DK Publishing Party, which was held at the Tipsy Cow in San Diego. Rachel has been instrumental in supporting the 501st Legion's droid hunt at San Diego Comic-Con for the last five years. She was also responsible for a charity donation in the Mount of $50,000, which was made in the name of the 501st Legion. The third inductee was Max Page, who was inducted on July 18th aboard the USS Midway Floating Museum. Max is best remembered as the pint-sized Darth Vader from the recent Volkswagen Super Bowl commercial. Upon receiving his award, Max did his best Darth Vader imitation and used the force on the assembled Southern California garrison members and thanked the entire crowd for attending. We'll have pictures from Max's induction in our show notes. So, welcome to all of our newest Friends of the Legion. And Florida Garrison was in the news recently. We'll have a link to that report from Jacksonville. And the Chicago Tribune did a very nice article on Midwest Garrison and the 501st Legion over the course of the last two weeks. They followed Legion members around the Siphon 2 convention and then the uh, Peds in the Weeds event, which was a picnic for pediatric cancer patients and their families. The reporter really did their homework well, and the article is both entertaining and informative. There's a two-page written article along with stills and a nice video that they shot at the picnic. So we'll have a link to that in our show notes. Members of the Chinese Outpost were able to do another amazing photo shoot atop the Great Wall of China. 
This is the third time they visited, and this photo shoot was the biggest event of the Chinese outpost so far, with 18 costumers in the photo. We'll get some pictures from the shoot linked up in our show notes. Thanks to Evan TK2988 for giving us the heads up. At the end of June, a new book called Star Wars The Blueprints was debuted, with shipping to begin September 15th. If you head over to www.theblueprintsbook.com, you'll see a picture of Paul, TK8020, from Garrison Titan, featured in the picture rotation. He's holding a copy of this massive book. So this book is not for the casual fan. It's extremely detailed, and it's a heavy book, and will set you back $500, or $1,000 if you go for the signed edition, and it's limited to 5,000 copies. We'll have a link that we mentioned in our show notes, and... Congrats to Paul for getting to be the ad model. And speaking of ads, Legion members saw some familiar faces in Adidas's new ad campaign, Adidas Goes to Hoth. It features new shoes and jackets inspired by costumes from Empire Strikes Back. We'll have a link to the ad photos in our show notes. The wampa in the photos is Jeremy, DZ2638 from Florida Garrison. The Darth Vader is from Southern California Garrison. And the Hoth Luke is Carrie Mythbusters Byron's husband, who is borrowing Gina ID9426's costume. So we'll have a link to that in our show notes. Picture it like this. It's June and Australia's Redback Garrison and Beanie ID4159 is listening to a radio breakfast show. The hosts were talking to Darren Hayes, Brisbane born and bred singer from ex-group Savage Garden, about his collection of Star Wars figures. The morning crew joked that the next time he's in town, they want him to dress up in Star Wars gear. So what is a dutiful member of the 501st to do? Well, call up the radio station, of course, and offer to supply them with some Stormtrooper gear that they could borrow. So it was all worked out, and a few weeks later, when Darren Hayes was in town, they met at the radio station in Brisbane. They dressed up Darren in TK, one host in biker armor, and the other in a Princess Leia dress. Darren Hayes was given the challenge to get dressed in a Stormtrooper outfit in the amount of time his song lasts, which is about three and a half minutes long. Fortunately, he got the help of TK's 4159 and 8996. We'll have a link to some behind-the-scenes pictures in our show notes. Thanks to Beanie, TK4159, for the heads up on that. And if you follow us or R2KT on Twitter, you'll have already read that R2KT, the Imperial Droid with the Heart of Gold, has recently had a feature article in Med Monthly's August issue. We'll have a link to that in our show notes, just in case you missed that tweet. Hey, this is Barslan. And this is Lord Hammer from the Tour Syndicate podcast, and you are listening to the 501st Cast. The official podcast of the 501st Legion International Star Wars Costuming Organization. Wow, it's a long title. Mission Reports. As the most popular summer carnival in Hong Kong, ACGHK, which I think stands for Anime Comics Gaming Hong Kong, is always packed with the best selection of animation, comics, games, toys, limited edition collectibles, and a variety of performances and activities to keep spirits high. Hong Kong Shadow Outpost and Chinese Outpost were invited by Hasbro Hong Kong to attend this show. Legion Troopers patrolled the show, showed off the Star Wars product, and took photos with the vendors and patrons at the show. 
This event was the first cooperative mission for Hong Kong Shadow Outpost and Chinese Outpost, and they are all looking forward to their next cooperative mission. So we'll have a link to pictures from that event in our show notes. Thanks to ManCam TK2328 for that report. On July 2nd, at the invitation of the Hasi Algiers Foundation, Mexican Garrison 501st members and the Foundation employees visited the kids at Fray Antonio Alcide Hospital. They spent time chatting, coloring, and playing with the children. Many troopers find that troops like these are ones when the trooper learns and receives far greater gifts from the children than anything we might possibly be able to give them in return. We'll have a link to a video from this event in our show notes. Thanks to Jorge TV2522 for that report. Great Lakes Garrison paid a visit to Royal Oak Beaumont Hospital on July 7th. It is a hospital that they make regular visits to in Michigan. This time, they were there to visit 7-year-old Ryan, who is a huge Star Wars fan. Great Lakes had actually met him previously last December when visiting a different boy. This time, they brought Ryan a Clone Wars poster, Empire Strikes Back comic book, and other goodies. Sadly, Ryan passed away August 10th, about a month after Great Lakes paid their visit. And like they usually do, while they were there, they made visits to other kids that were hospitalized. Some of the kids were smiling ear to ear. Devin, who they had visited last December, practically jumped out of his chair for his photo. A boy named Zachary had them laughing so much as he talked about Chewie pulling the arms off a stormtrooper in The Force Unleashed and how he thought the Adat toy sounded like a fart. Don't know about that one. But we'll have links to photos and a video from the hospital's YouTube channel. Thanks to Blasty TK5037 for that report. Graz, the second largest city of Austria, hosted the Grand Prix of Choral Music, as well as the first World Choir Championships for young adults. The highlight of the one-week program was a combined Philharmonic and choir concert-themed film harmony, where scores of world-famous movies like Harry Potter, Pirates of the Caribbean, 1492, Tears of the Sun, and of course Star Wars were performed. The Austrian Outpost contacted the organizers in advance to see if they could support the event in any way, and the organizers were glad to have the 501st join them. So together with a local member of the Rebel Legion, the Austrian Outpost TK3042 and TB2699 formed a live Star Wars presence at the concert. After suiting up and going through a quick rehearsal, Legion members went out to the entrance hall to pose for photos for the newspaper and, of course, with the arriving guests. After taking a break during the first part of the concert, they suited back up and went out for a second round of entertaining guests and posing for photos during the intermission. The Imperial March marked the beginning of the second part of the concert, and with the 20th Century Fox fanfare, they took their places beside the stage and started their skit. TK3042 took over the conductor's desk, and the complete orchestra was now willingly playing under Imperial control. Unfortunately, the Rebel Legion Jedi was in favor of the freedom of music, and a short but fierce battle started. Joint Imperial forces of TK-3042 and TB-2699 could not withstand the powers of the Force and were defeated. So the Jedi guided the original conductor back to his place, who with the orchestra honored John Williams' great composition. TB-2699 and the Jedi stayed in costume as the audience was leaving and they met the conductor on the way out, who thanked them for their great performance and hoped for further events. We'll have a link to two newspaper reports, the first one which had come out two weeks before the concert, and then one that was published two days later, after the concert. And we'll have links also to photos and video in our show notes. Thanks to uh, 
uh, Haynes, TK3042, for that report. On July 16, 2011, the New England Garrison were guests of T.C. Rastani, an Internet TV host who gives improvisational interviews as a late-night talk show parody. The NEG was inducted to T.C. Rastani's Hall of Fame and were recognized for their contributions to charity and love of Star Wars. The NEG is quite honored to join in the good humor of the evening and share a little bit about the 501st. Since the show is extemporaneous, we never know what will happen when they come on set. Like their prior appearances, we had a fun, memorable evening with T.C. Rastani and his cast and crew. A special thank you to all members who assisted in representing the NEG, Eric Schaefer, Jake Kingsbury, Krista Carmichael, Sean Carmichael, and Steve Cornell. T.C. Rustani and NEG appearances may be found on his website, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes. The 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison and Rebel Legion's Echo Base attended the first annual Long Island Toy Show at the Holiday Inn in Plainsview, New York, on Sunday, July 17th. Chris, TK6744, Dan, TK6795, Ronald, SL5928, and Eric, TX4619 from Empire City Garrison, were joined by Rachel, an X-Wing pilot from Echo Base. They trooped uh, from about 9 until 1.30 in the afternoon and had a great time. At first, the show was a little bit of a light crowd, but then there was a steady stream of guests that kept them pretty busy. They took photos, handed out citations and answered questions about the groups at their table. They also did a shoot-a-trooper for charity throughout the day and were able to raise $75 for the Pinwheel Project. The Pinwheel Project is a local charity in New York that brings games, activities, toys, and treats to children at local area hospitals. The management of the show were very happy and appreciative that the 501st was there, and they generated a lot of attention and exposure for the event and for the charity. Legion members were interviewed and photographed by Newsday, and Patch.com, which the latter of which will have a link to that article. So thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Rumors of a secret rebel base in the Charleston, South Carolina area were made known to the Empire, and a small squad from the Carolina and Georgia garrisons were dispatched to reconnaissance the area. Upon arriving, the local population referred to the River Dogs at the Joe Riley Stadium as the most likely place to find a rebel base. The Imperial forces formed a checkpoint at the main entrance in preparation for Lord Vader's arrival. Four bases were discovered out in the diamond-shaped field, with one lone rebel sentry in the middle mound-type area. Imperial forces quickly stormed the mound while Vader dispatched the rebel, relieved him of his weapon. It looked like some sort of ball, most likely a thermal detonator, and forced it over what the local population referred to as their home base. It is not known how long this rebel occupation had been going on, but the crowds of locals seemed happy that order had been restored, sending up cheers after Lord Vader saved them from this rebel terrorist bombing. Imperial forces remained on patrol for the duration of the event, searching the crowds for other potential rebels. Many seemed glad to have the troopers there, and it was clear that they felt safer and even sent their young children over for high fives as thanks for saving them. So we'll have links to photos as well as video of this aborted thermal detonator attack in our show notes. Thanks to Greg, TD4734, for that report. 
Members of the 501st Legion's New England Garrison and the Rebel Legion's Alderaan Base were once again in attendance at Liquid Planet Water Park in Canada, New Hampshire for their annual Star Wars Day. The park invited their guests to come with their Star Wars beachwear and costumes. Guests of the park enjoyed the musical scores of John Williams played over the park's sound system and were entertained by the antics of the Legion's finest. A rather hot day for New England, some troopers cooled off in a trip down the park's 1,000-foot zip line. Others took the more direct approach and determined that a dip in Liquid Planet's swimming pool was the best way to beat the heat. All in all, it was a great event that helped raise funds for the New Hampshire Dream Factory, a local Make-A-Wish-style organization. Thanks to Eric, TK6124, for that report. Well, another activity-packed San Diego Comic-Con is in the books for the 501st Legion. Over the four days of the show, plus preview night, the members of the 501st Legion participated in the following events. There was four days of shifts at the Cotabuquia booth, two days of work over at the Hasbro booth. There was four days of work in conjunction with BioWare and the Old Republic game that's coming out. Four days of visits to Hallmark's booth. There was a Dark Horse panel. We assisted Peter Mayhew for his autograph signings on two different days, performed security at the Slave Leia photo shoot. There was a KSWB Fox News special appearance over at the Hard Rock Hotel. There was press and news shoots at 5 a.m. on the con floor, both Thursday and Friday of the con. Of course, the main 501st Legion uh, group pitcher, the annual droid hunt, the Legion dinner. There was also a preview night dinner. The Rachel Kempster and Spencer Binkerhoff uh, inductions that we had mentioned earlier. And last but not least, they paid a visit to the Rady Children's Hospital. An estimated one to 200 Legion members participated in various aspects of the convention. Now, next year's event is July 11th, the preview night, and July 12th through 15th for the main show. Half of the tickets for this event were already sold out at the show, with people having to camp out to get those. So if you want to go to 2012's show, you best be watching the website, which is www.comic-con.org. Thanks to Leslie, TR3774, on, and her planning team for making sure the 501st shined at this major PR opportunity for us. By the way, the 501st also received a $1,050 donation towards the American Red Cross from BioWare for our work for them at this con. The 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison, along with Rebel Legion's Echo Base, attended the Giant Kids Outing at Camp Kiwi in Carmel, New York, on Saturday, July 30th. Giant Kids is a not-for-profit charity recognizing the courage of ill children and their families nationwide through awards and other forms of recognition. This event helps raise money for the organization and is an outing for children with illnesses and their families. They also give out awards to celebrate the courage these children have shown throughout the year. The ECG has been supporting this event for the past four years and are very proud to participate. Legion members took photos with the guests, handed out citations, and had some fun taking a ride on a fireman's ladder truck. They even ended up taking a dip in the pool. At least one member did. This is a great family event, and the Camp Kiwi facility has the large pool, activities, and games for the whole family. And afterwards, they all got to eat some great barbecue together when they were through. So I have links to photos, which include TK6744's dip in the pool, um, in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, who was the pool swimmer, T6744, 
TK6744 for that report. On July 30th, 2011, members of the 501st New England Garrison and Aldron Base joined forces to support the Skating for Hope event at Buffo Marina in Worcester, Mass. Troops came out on the invitation of Dave McGrath, a brain cancer survivor who organized the event and was skating for 24 hours straight to raise awareness and funds for the American Cancer Society's Hope Lodge in Worcester. Hope Lodge provides free rooms to cancer patients from all over the world who are getting treatment in local hospitals. The day was filled with many special guests, each sponsoring an hour of the event. During the Star Wars Hour, a special Star Wars collection was raffled off. Close to $15,000 was raised overall from the event. We'll have a link to Dave McGrath's blog so you can read more about his cancer survival story and the history behind Skating for Hope. Thanks to Bob, BH1171, for that report. Great Lakes Garrison showed up in full force along with the Rebel Legion and R2 Builders to Maker Fair Detroit. So what is Maker Fair, you may ask? Well, started in San Mateo, California in 2006 and is now being held in Detroit and New York. Maker Fair is the premier event for grassroots American innovation. As the world's largest DIY festival, this two-day family-friendly fair has something for everyone. It's a showcase of invention, creativity, and resourcefulness, and a celebration of the maker mindset. So needless to say, the 501st Legion fit right in. The fair had over 20,000 guests over two days, and most stopped by to visit the Star Wars booth. Most of the time, people were stacked in two rows back, trying to get a peek at what Legion members were doing. Many Legion members were right there at the booth, building, modding, or creating costumes and props. Eventually, they had to ask the museum for rope barriers so they could actually keep people back from the table. They had a lot of items on display, and the items changed out as people who... uh, arrived and departed, sort of took their props with them and brought new pop props when they came back. A few highlights were the clone armor and biker scout build demonstration, a Jedi belt and leather holster build in progress demonstration, a Tuscan build demo, and one trooper was working on his custom speaker system for his bucket. So people who stopped by the 501st were able to watch all of these various things. A few items that were on display were R2-D2 in pieces, a gonk droid, two mouse droids, a rancor head, a tripod cannon, numerous lightsabers, blasters, and buckets in various stages of completion, and artist Mark Wolf's Fight for the Empire recruitment poster. So it was so busy that they actually had to limit the amount of trading cards and Legion brochures that they had put out because they just didn't have enough to go around to everyone who visited their booth. A few editors of Make Magazine were allowed to pass out their own awards at the fair, and the Star Wars groups received a total of six awards, four editors' awards and two awesome awards. The two awesome awards were given to Muppet Trooper and R2-D2. And one of the editors' awards was given by Kate Rowe, the organizer of the Detroit Maker Fair. The significance of these awards are that the 501st would be mentioned in a future episode or future issue of Make Magazine. Tom Veritek, senior manager of the Henry Ford Museum, which is where this event was taking place, actually stopped by several times a day to check out the booth and to see if the 501st needed anything. And also, since the booth contents changed throughout the day and more props were added, many of the attendees actually returned for a second and a third time to come check out 
what may not have been there the last time they walked by. So the next Maker Fair is going to be in New York, and it's going to be on September 17th and 18th, and the 501st Legion has been invited back. So thanks to Michael, TK5156, for that report. On Saturday, July 31st, members of Bast Alpha Garrison went toe-to-toe with members of the USS Corsair, the Baton Rouge local chapter of Starfleet International. They were at the Don Carter's All-Star Lanes for the second annual Trek Wars bowling match. In 2010, the Federation learned the power of the dark side as Bast Alpha Garrison took home the Pan-Galactic Bowling Champions Trophy. Believing that revenge is a dish best served cold, the red shirts of the USS Corsair tried to put the Empire on ice, but Bast Alpha Garrison had their sights set on retaining their champion title. Garrison members, TA-4019, SL-1190, TC-2494, SL-5411, SL-8597, TC-9040, and TK-5738 called a truce with the local rebel forces and with the power of the force as their ally emerged victorious. The Federation's red shirts vowed for a return bout in 2012. And the day ended with everyone enjoying a barbecue in a declared neutral zone. Video of the event is available on the WAFB TV9 website, which we'll have a link to. And thanks to David, TI4019, for that report. When Imperial officials heard of a Family Appreciation Day taking place in the North Carolina sector, it was immediately apparent this event was meant to show appreciation to the Empire. After all, what other family could these lowly Imperial citizens be referring to? Who else besides the Empire has taken care of so many of these pathetic citizens under their wings and given so much through reintegration and indoctrination policies? So it was only natural that the Empire dispatched a team of Imperials from Carolina Garrison to this event to allow the citizens to show their gratitude. Upon arrival at the event located on Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, the temperature rivaled that of Tantooine with the heat index at 110 degrees with 100% humidity. No sweat, figuratively, not literally, the citizens had organized a great variety of activities and for some reason felt the need to display their very archaic and inferior tools of war to include an F-15 aircraft and a table full of equally inferior small arm weapons ranging from a 50 caliber sniper rifle to a squad automatic weapon. Do these putrid citizens not know about twin-ion engine technology and phase plasma rifles in the 40-watt range? All they had to do was submit a request, and the Empire could have had much more superior items of war on display. Eventually, the citizens were given what they had been waiting for, and it is a chance to take pictures and receive autographs from their real family, the Empire. That is what this event was all about, right? Immediately, the Imperial representatives were swamped with excited citizens wanting to meet those who had taken care of them for so long. They were very grateful, as they should be. What would their lives be if it were not for the Iron Fist of the Empire? After it was all said and done, the Imperial crew agreed that it was a worthwhile trip and only confirmed that the imperial policy of strict governing is in fact working and appreciated by the people. We'll have a link to pictures in our show notes. Thanks to Bill, SL4821, for that report. 
Taiwan Formosa Outpost appeared at the International Baseball Federation's first world championship for youth players. It was held in Taipei. The unexpected mega-earthquake from March 11th of this year had destroyed all of the baseball equipment for the Japanese youth baseball team. Thankfully, with a donation of more than $215,000 U.S. dollars worth of baseball equipment from the CEO of Sogo Taiwan Branch Department Store, the Japan youth baseball team was able to restore their baseball equipment and prepare for their trip to the championship. Taiwan Outpost PR officer actually works at the Sogo Taiwan branch and requested that the 501st join the first match that the um, Japanese baseball team was going to be participating in, which was July 9th. During the day of the match, three members of 501st Taiwan Outpost not only cheered for the Japanese team, but also the Brazilian team. So we'll have a link to pictures in our show notes, and thanks to Roy TD1668 for that report. Well, Great Lakes Garrison once again invaded the Sterling Heights Library in Michigan this past August 13th. It has become the library's largest event of the year. They had over 600 fans attend, split between two sessions that patrons actually had to pre-register for. Needless to say, the registration was filled long before the event day. Some of the activities that the kids were able to participate in were photos with the Death Star backdrop, two different blaster ranges. You could either shoot at a live stormtrooper or some laminated targets on the wall. An armor prop station where kids and adults got to see in-process costume parts and handle some of them. There was a modified version of the droid hunt. Kids were given a sheet of paper with four images of robots on them that they had to find in the children's department. And last but not least, there was Star Wars coloring sheets and crafts. So we'll have a link in our show notes to the library's blog about this event, which includes some great photos. And thanks to Blasty TK5037 for that report. Thanks to Roku Depot for maintaining a listing of upcoming 501st Legion events on their website. Even we haven't gotten a chance to retackle that project. It's sort of way down on my list, unfortunately. So we really love that they're taking the time to go around to all of our Garrison's websites, pulling that event information and putting it all in one place for our fans to try to come find us and visit us at an upcoming event. Coming up next week is Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. Taking place over Labor Day weekend each year, Dragon Con has become the unofficial 501st Homecoming Convention. Be sure to check out the 501st booth if you attend. We'll have a Dragon Con wrap-up report on the next episode of the 501st cast. Now don't forget that coming up in just about a month is the release of Star Wars on Blu-ray. Now, 501st Legion members have been receiving tons of event requests to appear at various stores, so you're sure to run into some of us if you go pick up your copy on release day. And why wouldn't you go out on release day? After all, the Blu-ray release is going to contain the long-awaited 501st Legion documentary, Star Warriors. Now, I know that some of our garrisons are going to be at Best Buy stores. There are a few Sam's Clubs that are going to be uh, hosting events. Pottery Barn Kids has put in requests for us to appear and basically any other store that carries a DVD you might run into us on it um, if you want to know where your local 501st troopers are going to be you can go to 501st.com click on the map to find the unit closest to you and that'll direct you to their website almost all of our garrisons have event calendars running on their website so hopefully that'll put you in touch and you can find troopers on release day 
Redback Garrison is readying themselves for the 10-kilometer walk to raise money and awareness for the MS Foundation in the annual MS Moonlight Walk, October 14th. It's a 10-kilometer walk at dusk around the city of Brisbane in full armor. We'll have a link in our show notes to a website where worldwide donations can be sent. For our shout-out this episode, I wanted to list all of our Troopers of the Month that have been announced recently. For February, our Trooper of the Month is Walter Santos, TK3738 from the Lusitanian Outpost. Walter has devoted his time to accompany a critically ill children and improve their quality of life, making one in particular believe he was a true Jedi Master. For March, it was Clint Gilbert, BH3413, from Star Garrison. In the past six months, Clint has gone above and beyond the call of duty for an enlisted trooper. April's Trooper of the Month was Matt Mills, TK5575, from the Badlands Garrison in Canada. Matt pretty much set up the charity drive and giveaway that they were doing at our Special Operations Detachment almost all by himself, and he has continued to manage it professionally and accurately. May's Trooper of the Month, Jamie Ledowski, TK2157 from Central Garrison. Jamie has done 33 troops, mostly in South Dakota, but he has made treks to join his brothers and sisters in Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska for events as well. He has also started wonderful relationships in South Dakota with the local Make-A-Wish. June's Trooper of the Month is Tom Kuntz, TI9767 from Garrison Excelsior. Tom has demonstrated willingness to troop events, big or small, and has greatly helped Excelsior grow over the past five-plus years by giving us even more opportunities to get our name out there. Tom and his wife, Daria, are always willing to open their home to give out-of-town troopers a place to stay. This enables Excelsior to have even more troopers at our events who otherwise couldn't come due to hotel costs. So there you have it. I hope everyone would join us in congratulating our Troopers of the Month. So... For our last episode, we only had two people participate in our giveaway, so we didn't have to worry about drawing randomly three lucky winners because we only had two entries. So congratulations to Alex McKeel, TS4142 from Mid-South Garrison, and Chris Grace, DZ5631, a newly approved member of Garrison Excelsior. You each win a 501st Cast patch. So be sure to email podcast at 501st.com with your mailing address so we can get that sent out to you. Unit anniversaries and honorary member birthdays. Once again, we're going to skip reading of the honorary member birthdays for this episode. You can catch those via our Twitter feed and Facebook page. Here are the unit anniversaries for July. 70th Explorers Garrison Squad 66, the Temple Raiders. Their third anniversary was on July 1st. Southern Cross Garrison. Their second anniversary was also on July 1st. German Garrison's Echo Nova Squad. Second anniversary on July 5th. Alpine Garrison's Mustafar Squad. Sixth anniversary on July 11th. Terra Australis Garrison's Southern Dubax Squad. Second anniversary also on July 11th. And here are the anniversaries for August. Monaco Outpost. Ninth anniversary in August. Flagship Eclipse Detachment. Fifth anniversary, August 17th. German Garrison. Eleventh anniversary, August 18th. Capital City Squad, which is now a garrison. 
Originally formed four years ago on August 20th. Redback Garrison. Originally formed their squad four years ago on August 20th. Southern Cross Garrison. Originally formed their squad four years ago on August 20th. Mexican Garrisons, the Green Belly Central Squad. Second anniversary, August 21st. Wisconsin Garrison. Originally formed their squad four years ago on August 22nd. Ohio Garrison. Eighth anniversary, August 31st. And as always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of our show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving or at the office or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. So just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion or Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. Or you can follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. So join in on the discussion as hundreds of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2011 Lucasfilm Limited and trademark all rights reserved used under authorization.